This is PitCast. The date is December 13th. We're 12 days before Christmas. And this is Matt Moss speaking with Lorian Elliman. Hello, Lorian. Hello, Matt. <laughs> and hello, Nick Rohr. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year, dude. Happy, Han- Happy Hanukkah, too. Um, so yeah, I think tonight we want to break down Christmas Chaos, which was our event we did two days ago on Saturday. Um, I don't know, and maybe catch up on some other news and tidbits and look forward to the holidays here and the end of the year and maybe things to come. Does that agenda sound agreeable with y'all? Sounds awesome. Cool, man. I don't know. How you been, Nick? I've been all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still feel so dumb about the event because I had a deck and everything. I had all my packs and I just took off the wrong day and it occurred to me when I was legit you literally took off no I was on the bus that wasn't that wasn't an excuse I was literally I was on the bus and then I was like usually people like on the day of an event just start like blowing up the chat with like you know like we're here or we went and got breakfast somewhere or like oh we're getting coffee and and I'm on my way and I see it, I'm like, I've, it's been like radio static. And then I look and I see somebody that's like excited about tomorrow. And it's just <laughs> to click in my head where I'm like, wait a minute, tomorrow, but posted today. Like, and it, I was just like, oh God. Wait, so you thought the event was on a Friday morning? Well, I don't know where I got the number the 10th in my head, like when I requested it, but I wasn't looking at a calendar. It's just like the way that I requested sure. the day off was like the number. So I was just like, Friday the 10th. Yeah. And I put that in, didn't even think about it. Like the, as soon as I saw it and it was the 11th, but I some reason just thought the 10th when I put it in so I didn't think about it up until the day of we get the schedule I see my day off and all I'm thinking is like that's the event you know like I was like well I put it in you know and then like as as I'm writing like and it's Friday like it's all obvious to me that it's clicking I'm like well (laughs) let's head back home (laughs) turn around baby yeah Yeah, so now I got three like Mr. Potato Heads I have no use for (laughs) (laughs) oh man I should have collected from you I know I I ended up taking the toys down today um, I'll run through that story. And speaking of scheduling, I can't even give you too much shit because originally we were going to do the toy drive for the um, uh, Chicago Park District toy drive collection. We were going to give all our stuff to them. Well, their cutoff was on Friday, speaking of the 10th. <laughs> See, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Must have been that, right? Like, but, I checked the toy drive. I should have checked yeah, the exactly. Discord. So, like... <laughs> Yesterday, I was like going to look up because I'm like, all right, I want to make my plan to drop off the toys today. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, where am I going to take all this stuff? So I'm, Beth and I are kind of scrambling around, doing some web searching, a little web sleuthing. And, and then I found this organization called Kids Corner <laughs> down on the south side. Um, and th- I'm not laughing at the story. It's, it's like, it's, it's so ridiculous that I'm kind of chuckling, but it's, it's not really that funny. So... It was this organization that was collecting all of this, you know, winter clothes and toys and all this stuff, and they were storing it in a shipping container, and the container was stolen. Somebody stole a goddamn shipping container full of donatable goods, and then they ended up, like, tracking it down, and there was, like, uh, there was like a, a beef. Some guy said that he had the rights to it or whatever. Well, anyways, they ended up finding it, and it had been cleaned out by the time they found it. Sure. You know, picked clean. Uh, somebody got in there or whatever. So this organization was trying to, you know, scramble to put another pack, you know, what do you call it, just collect all these donated goods again so they can service these families. So I found out about it uh, yesterday, and uh, they had several collection points set up. So I went down there to U.S. Bank in Inglewood, dropped off all this stuff. And, like, I just roll in there. 
you know, like they've got like the one little box in front of their Christmas tree, you know, and I go in there and I've got my wagon is just filled <laughs> with stuff. Yeah. So I bring in this big box and the, the, the guard was like, oh, wow, you know, thanks. I'm like, oh, I got a lot more, man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, case this stuff. Yeah. And so I make a couple more trips. He's like, how much more do you have? I'm like, like two or three more trips, you know. And then when I was done, like one of the, the ladies that was working at the bank, like helped or asked me to help her move all the stuff. And it turned out that they had like a whole conference room area just filled because they'd been collecting stuff for a couple days. So it, it all got moved back to there. But anyways, bottom line is I was able to, you know, I, I, I screwed up finding the, the, the original toy drive recipient, but we were able to find a good home for everything. And like, uh, it was a really good, a really good showing. I mean, like, again, my wagon was filled and, and uh, everybody donated generously and that was awesome. So that's the second time we've done the toy drive. And um, I think, I mean, I wouldn't see a reason to not continue. It's a fun, who doesn't love a toy drive? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, we really had all... so much they had to take the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, our, our representation for girls' toys was not as bad as it has been in the past, but we could probably use some more of those. And basically, it was a ton of Legos. Like, dudes were like, hmm, what do I want to play with? And then I go there and buy that. But, um, you know, whatever. It's, it's still super generous. That was awesome. Um, well, anyway, so yeah, that's it on the toy drive. Um, that was cool. Um, and that was from Fall Brawl and Christmas Chaos. Yeah, we did two events. Yeah, the, the last time we did it in 2019, we did October, November, and December. And that was, you know, honestly, we didn't even have that much less. Like, I think people did a really good job this time donating. And, I mean, it was a little bit less because it was one less event. But it was still a really, really big haul. Um, after, the, after we did it the first time... Um, you know, there were some like toy guns and stuff and whatnot. We tried to take it to the, the donation place in 2019 and they're like, oh, we can't take like toy weapons, which makes sense in retrospect. But you know, if you're at the toy store, you're like, you buy a, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, did you guys they, have? They take that shit in Oklahoma, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah there's a minimum. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Must have two toy guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, did, when, growing up, did you guys have realistic toy guns? I did. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially like, go through the effort of like spray painting the orange tips black so it like looks oh like a gun because like wouldn't you that no like you could buy i remember <laughs> as a kid you had like black all black cap guns that just looked like real but they had the orange tip at the top or at the end at yeah. the muzzle yeah. you just muzzle, peel it off or whatever yeah. you call it the hose end and then you just <laughs> you just <laughs> pick that up it looks like a damn pistol my parents were uh, chovis witnesses so i did not get toys of violence ah, yeah, as well <laughs> we did make um bamboo swords though we would like get like these there was bamboo growing in our backyard for some reason and uh, so we get these long things of bamboo cut them down to like sword size put uh, duct tape on one end for like the handle yeah and then fight each other with them that reminds me of do you remember Nick the wrestler the Sandman from ECW oh yeah and he used to whip dudes asses <laughs> with the Singapore cane oh yeah <laughs> Oh um, yeah. Anyways, so back to chaos. So Nick, you uh, you fumbled it on the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so we ended up having like six or seven people kind of call in, not call in, but you know, decline. Various reasons, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it it ended up working out pretty well because the map room space for like an event was pretty tight, didn't you think, Lauren? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we got there at eleven, there was it was eleven, right? Yeah. There was plenty of room, like there was nobody in the bar, but by the time we left at four, yeah. basically the whole bar had filled in up to our, yeah, our spot in the back. So, Yeah, the, um, what was I going to say about that? Um, 
yeah, originally there were going to be 18 people. And I, that, so, and we ended up with 10, but if like, I was thinking, it's like, man, if everybody had showed up, uh, it would have been, been packed, yeah. mm. you know? So I don't know. I, as far as like a venue, I mean, for really small meetups like that, I think it works, but it's not like Demon where you can just kind of squeeze everybody in and, and plus it's not very private, you know? I don't yeah. know. Did you feel weird? Like, I mean, we didn't do too much like yelling stuff out, but. I, I thought it was fine for a small event. Yeah. I would definitely go back. I mean, yeah. it, they were pretty. Yeah, they were cool. They've always been good to us. So yeah, the cats seem to have broken out. So who knows? They might be joining in on the cast. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we ended up with ten players. We did five rounds of Swiss, quote unquote loose, Swiss, loose Swiss, <laughs> Swiss yeah. cheese. Yeah, wait a minute. What the hell am I thinking? No, it wasn't Swiss at all. Because I did. I did Swiss. I mean, like I, I, yeah. I, I was doing yeah. Swiss. If you if you were like at the top, you would play somebody of yeah. a similar record. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, like you said, it was loose Swiss because like I was going to use the the pairing software uh, on the uh, WotC companion app, and it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't let me add anybody to the event. So we were just like, all right, pick your own opponent and try to match up one O's or two O's with two O's, and sure, and advance to the top. So that was a lot, lot less of a headache with a fewer people. Yeah, exactly. Again, if it had been 16, 18 people, that would have been a, kind of a hassle. But with only 10, it's not that hard. Um, and yeah, we, so the uh, format selected was Eternal Chaos, which ended up being really, really, really fun. Um, I don't know. That, that, that's like, that, I guess that's like my top of the line take. Like it, it ended up being even more th- fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, it was just chaos. I mean, you never knew what was going to happen game to game. You brought packs you were interested in opening. There were lots of duds. There were some crazy bombs. There were some big bombs. Lots of good stories. Yeah. You had the best money pull, right? Oh, Misty Rainforest? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I paid, I paid, you know, $200 for that booster box, and I do not oh, think I got that no. out of the booster I didn't know, box. I didn't know that you brought, I forgot that you bought a whole box. Yeah, I bought a whole box. So I got some, uh, I got most of the incarnations, actually, out of that box. Okay. I had one uh, Fetchland and one Urza Saga, so I might have broken even, maybe. Yeah. Um, I brought, I, I ended up, so I wanted to play the Unset, and I got Unstable, but then, like, I didn't get it till the day before, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then um, I was like looking through the cards in the set. I'm like, okay, what does this stuff do? And it had like all of these extra rules for like widgets and cranks and contraptions yeah. and shit. I'm like, man, I don't have time to like, I don't want to be stopping in the middle of games to like look up like rules. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, I'll just wait till a future time and 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 crack those guys open. So I ended up cracking open. Un- it is a very fun draft. Yeah. What is If you ever just want to draft on stable sometime, yeah. it's a very fun draft. It's designed cuz like unglued was like just a comedy set. Yeah. Unhinged was sort of designed with draft in mind, but there were some real big issues with it. If like the the whole like gotcha mechanic where if somebody says something, then you get to like return it from grave of your hand or something. Yeah. But then it just they they were, oh that'll be funny. Like you're like gotcha, you said the thing. But then they found that when people people were drafting it, it was dead silent because no one wanted to say anything. <laughs> so then it was just games like quiet, like just gesturing, and, and they were like, well, "Well, we didn't really think that through." So like, unstable yeah. is funny and it's actually very draftable and very like you know un you know that unthemed like the silver border. It's really sure. fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there at some point. I ended up drafting War of the Spark. Probably and, much better, yeah. And uh, yeah, a little bit more, a little bit better. <laughs> With like planeswalkers. Yeah, and I, I had some Eldraine, 
and I think something else I forget now. Some old Ravnica pack. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What I wanted to bring, at least, I still don't really what fully understand. What you were understand. bringing on the 10th. Yeah. <laughs> what I brought on the 10th, and I would still say I went undefeated that day, <laughs> yeah. if I can. Um, but I wanted, because I still don't really fully understand the format. Uh, so is it that you have a 60-card deck, game one, game two, you crack a pack, and then it's like your sideboard? Yeah. And then does that change each game, or does like your does your pool keep growing? It or grows like, for the match. So for that, like... Like, me and Moss, I would have a pack. Then I'd strip that out, regular deck. Then me and you would open a new pack on our game, too. Yes. Okay. So but it's not like the deck would keep morphing. It would just, no. like... Okay. But, so the, I think the way that you get a lot of new cards and a lot of new packs is Booster Tutor. Yeah, Booster Tutor, yeah. It's unrestricted, so then you can just, like, boost and decide if you want to crack a new pack or use the one you already have. And then when you go to sideboard, you can, use all, you can like, open up another pack in addition to that, use any of the cards that you yeah. have... I think the better strategy is just to play four booster tutor and only tutor for stuff and like not really put it in your deck because you put a card in your deck, it's only a one of. Mm -hmm. You keep it in the sideboard and you can always boost your, if you have four booster tutors and you have four copies of it. Yeah. So one of my War of the Spark packs, I ripped Karn, <laughs> great creator. Mm. And I actually ended up citing him in, which in retrospect was probably the wrong play, like you said. Cause with Booster Tutor, I played with three tutors in my deck. Mm -hmm. So with Booster Tutor, I have three ways to go get him out of my pack in game three. I open him up prior to game two. And, and you had the EV play on Karn, right? I did. Right. So Okay, so let me tell you this story. Uh, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So I'm playing against Tim Barron. Game, game one, he wins. I don't really remember how. I think he just he just blew me out with like card draw. Game game two, I Booster Tutor pretty early. Uh, he, he has two mocks, I think, in play. Booster Tutor, Rip Karn. Rip Karn has a one-sided Null Rod, right? So slam him down, shut down his mana, like strip mine yeah. him off again. So now he's just dead in the water. I win game two, or I take over the board in game two. Then I'm like, I want to tick down uh, Karn, use his uh, minus two. and But I had only opened up, um, I think, one pack. Maybe I'd opened a pack in game one, but I don't remember. But there was only one artifact choice in the pack that I had available. And it was this shitty artifact. I'm like, I don't really want this thing. And Tim's like, well, do you have it? And Tim says, do you have any other decks with you? Right? Because it's Karn as pull an artifact that you own from yeah. outside the game. I'm like, well, I got this middle school mud deck in my <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go get, um, I, I go get Voltaic Key first. Then he's like, okay, but he can't, you know, he passes the turn back to me. He can't do anything because he's null rotted and strip mined. Mm -hmm. Then I go get um, Phyrexian Colossus, which is the <laughs> seven mana, eight, eight, pay eight life to untap. Yeah. Put that into play, attack with it, untap it with Voltaic Key, and then he's dead in two turns. <laughs> yeah, and then um, game three, I, I drew, again, so I, I uh, sideboarded the Karn in, which was probably not the correct play. I drew him like, on turn five or something like that, put him back into play. Then I go fetch again from the middle school mud deck and get a tangle wire. <laughs> so so Tim's shit's all you know tangled yeah. up, and meanwhile Karn's just animating tangle wire and beating him down with this oh, three three. Good. <laughs> anyway, it felt pretty scummy. Like the thing is, it was legitimately his idea because I'm like, well, yeah. I've got this. Shitty... If, it's, if it's his, that's great. Yeah. I mean, like. The... 
He like, was a trooper you pulling, about it. Yeah, you going into your deck just on your own is scummy. Him <laughs> telling you to do it is is yeah. very much in the, sp- the spirit of Christmas chaos. Yeah, yeah no, that uh, because when I said what happened, everybody kind of looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> even for Christmas chaos, that's like bending the rules. Like, there's never line. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like, it yeah. seemed kind of sick to me to beat him down with a Colossus. <laughs> well, so I also got a Karn and ran into kind of a similar problem of there wasn't a lot in the sideboard cards. Yeah. But I think I like Booster Tutored again and opened up another pack. And then it's like there was some 2-2 or something. It was like... I think it was like a 1-1 one, one that it put a plus one, plus one counter on something, so I made a Sarah Angel a 5-5 five, five and beat Dan. What I should have done was after game two, I ripped the card in game two. Game th- Before game three, I should have ripped open a pack of Mirrodin. <laughs> wait a minute, because I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to side any of those cards in. No. I mean, if you're, if you're just know. trying to like crack back, you can like crack a pack for your sideboard. Decide you want nothing in it, and then you have. But then, yeah, you can boost out of it. So probably not. But what about Sharzad sub games? You crack another pack into that deck. Oh my god! I wish now. I wish I would have played more. Oh god! Like someone check the rules, please. Yeah, for Sharzad, for Tutor. No, you're not allowed to sideboard before a Sharzad. Oh, that's it's just like a sub game, right? Because the deck is made with whatever you have left over in your library from the prime game. I'm just trying to think of ways to get more decks. Yeah, or but that's, more packs that's definitely something we should look into in the future. <laughs> Fork. It? Fork is the way that you crack more packs. I mean, that's what, that's what, so I built, or what I, you know, theory crafted for it, at least knowing really nothing about it, was I was playing Goblins, and I, then I just had like Booster Tutor and Fork. Hell yeah. Because I wanted to keep cracking packs, but then all the packs that I brought were like sets where Goblins were the tribe, so that I could like find more Goblins, maybe. Yeah. Wow. So like Onslaught, Konzotark here. Like, Damn, you, got, you had Onslaught Oh, I, so I collect packs because I love like chaos drafting, so I've just got like boxes of packs. Like not booster boxes, but like just boxes full of like loose packs. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. this is right up your alley, then. Kinda, but I also, I mean, I, I like doing those specifically for Chaos Draft, but the fact that it was like, yeah, it's like old school, but then you just like crack packs. I was like, man, yeah. I got I got some fun ones. So for yeah. next time, I got plenty to go through. So hell yeah, well there will definitely be a next time because it was a blast. Um, so Sander, well, let's give a little shout out to Sanders. First of all, he was the creator, or quote unquote, creator of the format, but he was rolling through three rounds. He was three zero. He whipped my ass in round two. Then there was like something up with his babysitter, so he had to drop. So he was three zero drop, you know, like a champ, like a champ. Like a champ. You know, I'm just bored. Yeah, he's like, I've had enough of this. You guys don't even get the format, I guess. I'm just gonna go. He was on black green aggro, so like, uh, he had workshops, juggernauts, dark rituals, jizzam jins, berserks, Ernim jins. I think he had Ernies. Man, so he, so you and you and he both did really well, and you both played decks that really get blown out by sideboard cards. Yeah, <laughs> like that deck gets completely blown out by uh, city city in a bottle yeah. and any like you know uh, energy flux or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and then I I made a I was gonna play a, a deck based off the one that Dom had posted, which was like. Um, Atogs with mana vaults, and then you can like you know use some mana vaults to ramp out Triskelion or Shivan Dragon, and then sack them to an Atog, and then but you've also got just tons of mana to do broken stuff. But then I'm like, man, I don't know, I didn't really want to copy him. And then like you said, I 
there's there's no sideboarding. There's no real built sideboard, right? It's just mm-hmm. what you crack. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is my opportunity <laughs> to just run wild with my beloved reanimator list. <laughs> and nobody can really interact with the graveyard unless they crack something from a from a pack. Yeah. You know? I dare them to main deck a Tormod's crypt. Yeah. Well, that happens in 95. Yeah, in 95, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as I, well it should. Yeah, so I took a guess and I and I was right. So the the reanimator deck ended up going 4 and 1 and collecting the top the top seed or the top finish. But um and it, it played out basically how I thought it would where it was just like nobody can unless the only interactive card for the graveyard was Time Twister. And Sanders actually got me in a game with that where uh, I think it was game one where I had a bunch of dudes in the bin and I was like ready to, you know, ready to play a All Hallows Eve and he just twisted it all away, you know. But um, yeah, usually once I got a deep spawn in the bin, he was going to come out and then it was, you know, off to the races. But then I had the five mana version because I had four birds, four City of Brass, so I could cast <clears throat> anything I needed to that I drafted. Or I could just get a big dude, pull him out of a pack, you know, throw him in the bin with Bizarre, and then animate him. This is uh, this is like a, such a weird. I, I don't mean to go off on a different tangent, but when you said Time Twister, it reminded me of it. Why is Time Twister in the Power Nine, but Wheel of Fortune isn't? Just be the shuffle effect. I is guess. that it? Yeah, I guess that's and it's Cause, blue because it's blue. That's it. Because I was like, oh, the far be it that they ever had like a non-blue like non-artifact in power nine but i was thinking about it i was like that is just such like it's not like the same effect but it's also like i'm not shuffling in stuff that i don't want to redraw anyway like i'm definitely getting seven fresh cards yeah you know? i'm sure danny could talk to you for like an hour about that because he's <laughs> like his most of his decks are time twister decks they require him to shuffle his deck back in in order to win Yeah, you're putting answers back in with the ability to redraw them. and sure and i mean let's like often decks that run one kind of not always but can run both you know mm. like for that deep dig of seven cards for sure but like at least like one of them is like i need to get everything back and like reset this sort of pool of like cards that i've used which obviously is good if you've used ancestral or time walk at that point but like Wheel of Fortune is a guaranteed seven fresh cards. You're not getting anything you've, like, gone through at that point. You know what I mean? Like, if you use, like, Strip Mine or anything, let's say, you're not going to redraw those Strip Mines. You're going to get, like, some new stuff to use. I had a wheel that I cast on Saturday, and I drew five lands and two mana birds. <laughs> and then I lost. We <laughs> just, like, one at a time, like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's another one of these. <laughs> the old turn seven, draw seven sources off of a draw seven. <laughs> and you slowly put on your sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> one salty tear cascades down my cheek. <laughs> I didn't even complain about it that much because I was doing so much winning on the day. Yeah, I mean, it... it those if those it's those moments that kind of remind you it like grounds you a little bit where you, when you start to it's like like humbles you you know and you like yeah. man I'm doing so good then you hit that wheel or that time twister and you're just like all right <laughs> well <laughs> that's the grip for today so Lauren uh, what did you tell us about your deck then a little bit uh, Esper good stuff so I just like those colors uh, blue and white and I usually just splash black for mind twist and demonic tutor. But I um, did more of a commitment because of Booster Tutor. So this deck had, I think it was like 17 lands, and then all the Moxen, Soul Ring, uh, and four Felwar Stone. 
So the idea was just like to power out. A very common play was like Landmock's Spell or Stone. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to generate a lot of mana. You've got all the answers in Swords, Disenchant, five counter spell effects, four Booster Tutor, four Sarah Angel. Every relevant restricted card, including uh, Regrow, just because Regrowth is a great card. So what were some of your like bomb pulls? Then? I mean, you mentioned Karn already, but... Yeah, no, well, actually, nothing that crazy. So Karn, I ran into the same problem. I didn't, I didn't get a lot that was super relevant with Karn. Maybe his, I think actually his um, his making art, non creature artifacts. Yeah, the null rod was relevant. I think just like making my Felwar stones two sure. twos helped yeah. because no, I that's sick too. Kind of had a hard time closing out games. Um, I got one of the best things I got was a seven seven five five flying first strike, lifelink angel. And if, when you attacked, you had more life than your opponent, it gained double strike. So, it's like a, you know, beefed up version of Sarah Angel, and if you can get your opponent down, then it'll attack for 10. That was sweet. At one point I got a, um, it was a 9 cost, white-blue, 4-4 flyer that had Cascade and Affinity for Artifacts. What's mm-hmm. Cascade? I very vaguely remember that. Cascade, you flip the top of your card, your library until you find a non-land card. And if that card converted mana cost is less than the spell that you're casting, you cast it for free and put it into play. So I think I just got like a Felmore Stone. You, you go it. until you hit one. You yeah. go until you hit it, yeah. yeah. So like I could have gotten a Sarah Angel. Sure. But it had affinity for artifacts, so it co- cost less because I was playing Moxon and stuff. Yeah. And then That's pretty cool. Yeah. That was value. Uh, got a Nissa from War of the Spark. Yeah, that's cool. Which immediately got... Uh, Those are... Yeah. It got destroyed <laughs> by some like white black Strixhaven card that kills monocolored permanents, <laughs> and then I regrowthed it back and played it again. And, uh, yeah. So you tutored a bomb, and somebody tutored up an answer. To an the answer, bomb. yeah, that's good. exactly. That's funny and true as it should be. Yeah. Did you guys pick your packs based on your deck, or was it more like this is a deck that feels like a solid sixty card, and then here are some packs, and I'll. I, so I got a box of Modern Horizons because it, it has a lot, like it has the fetch lines in it, so mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a quote-unquote good value. And it's got really powerful cards in it, but actually as individual packs, it's pretty disappointing. The power mm-hmm. level isn't that high. Um, and then I got War of the Spark because it's guaranteed Planeswalkers, so that was my strategy. But like, yeah, Modern Horizons actually kind of low power level per pack. Uh, Dom was saying that Commander Legends... Yeah. And you, you get 20 cards, too. And you get 20 cards. But they always have a bunch of Commanders in there, too. Or not Commander... Well, they do have Commanders, but uh, Planeswalkers. I think they have some in there. Yeah, oh, they I, do, but they're not I just wanted Planeswalkers, too, so I, I opened up all, my, all of my War of the Sparks. So mm-hmm. Just yeah. because it just seems like it's so off-axis for uh, old school. It's yeah. Like, how, do you, you know, how do you interact with this card? You know, it's like brand new and not contemplated. And then you have those incremental advantage just by them not being dealt with. Yeah. Did I, I can't remember if I told the story about uh, David with Time Vault on last podcast or not. Oh, yeah. I know I know that story. Tell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry if I already told this. I feel like sometimes I repeat myself on the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, he goes, turn one booster tutor for this three-mana planeswalker that starts on seven loyalty and only ticks down. But when it ticks down, it untaps a permanent. Turn two time vaults. Oh, Kiora. Yeah, Kiora. Yeah. Turn three Kiora. I'll take seven extra turns. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> my uh, other than the card, my good uh, planeswalker pull was the one, and I forget the name of it now. It was one, and then one 
blue black blue and another blue black and um it was ticket down to ex, uh your opponent mills four and then exiles their graveyard the Ashiok. Ashiok. yes thank Ashiok you so I, I did that to sanders with after i'd already cast uh, all hallows eve <laughs> yeah. zeroed out his graveyard then brought a bunch of my dudes back and i ended up not even winning the game because <laughs> um i think i got off of that i got like two ernie's and maybe something else, and he was like able to chord the something else or otherwise deal with it. And then my Ernie's like went on to his juggernaut or or Juzzy, I forget. And then he just attacked through a forced walk and berserked it. <laughs> so it ended up not working. I mean, it was a cool play. It didn't work, but it was still yeah. a really cool play. It's I like that too, because that's basically like even with like the new tech, it's like still just like you can get berserked. Yeah, it's something like berserking with forced walk off Ernie. Like there's like these old school flavor. Yeah. That isn't just immediately outclassed by like new cards you no, know like yeah. you which is cool I, I think and i think that's generally the takeaway is like anything can happen in these games a lot of times you kind of get duds in the pack like literally i i definitely heard a few people i did it my opponents did it they like looked at their pack they're like this is all awful <laughs> i don't really want any of this there's nothing good I would like Booster Tutor for basic land sometime if there was nothing in the package. <laughs> That's actually one. not even a bad play, though. Yeah, or one like... One black, like, get a get a land? like Or, or like, the dual come to play tap lands. Like, those are good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I had, I had to, do, I, I had to uh, tutor for a land one time just because, like, I missed a land drop, and I'm, like, I'm trying to get to four to cast All Hallows Eve or whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Just, like, boost one up, nothing good, pull a land, put it into play. That sounds good. The best bomb that I got, I got to tell my last round against Picard <laughs> story. Uh, the best bomb I got was, uh, shit, what set was that? Was it Eldraine now? I forget, but it was called Archon. You know what? I've got a photo Yeah, that's of it. Eldraine. The white Archon. The one that like gives you like two tokens or something? It was Ar base Ar power toughness Archon of Absolution. It's three and a white for a 3-2 flyer oh. that has protection from white and an elephant grass built in. Yeah. Creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless their opponent pays one for each of those creatures. So Picard was playing, I think he called it like Booster Geddon or something. It was basically like a four color, non blue Ernie Geddon. It was great. He got me he got me a couple times with it. Armageddon. It was it was an awesome deck. And he had two Sarahs and two Lions in play. And I I booster tutor for this Archon, put it so it's bricking him, and like his man is kind of tied up because he's trying to like. It was it was excuse me it was before he had the second Sarah in play. He had like a Sarah and a couple of uh, lions, and I play this Archon, and it just kind of gummed up his works because he was trying to cast I think the second Sarah, so he had to build up the mana for that, so he didn't it like tied up his mana so he couldn't pay the tax to attack with his dudes <laughs> which you know i would just nerf him anyways and kill him off i could nerf the sarah or just kill his lions you know what i mean so anyways uh he's kind of getting tilted by it he's like i can't believe how powerful this card of course you know nathan shows up out of nowhere <laughs> i don't know how he finds out about these events anyways like who's, who's oh i thought him? you got so funny i, I figured that you texted no. him or something no, I <laughs> I don't talk to him. I rarely talk to him. So anyways, Nathan, did, yeah. Nathan shows. Somehow he gets wind of this event. He shows up. So he's barking at everybody from the sidelines. And he's like losing it at how powerful this card is and like how much of a bomb. Because like if I didn't draw this, I was dead in like two turns. Just stone cold dead. Because like I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. 
rip this Archon, put it into play, rip another Booster Tutor, go get some like red removal spell, kill one Sarah. Sure. <laughs> uh, chorbed another Sarah. I'm just like chipping away at his board, you know? And then I ended up getting there um, because uh, he Armageddoned, and it ended up not being very profitable for either side, but he wanted to get rid of my Bazaar. Uh, but we both had like two birds out, and I think we each had a soul ring, and maybe even we each had a mox. So mana-wise, we were kind of fine by that point. <laughs> it didn't hurt me that badly. So then, uh, anyways, long story short, I ended up getting another bizarre or somehow getting um, trike in my bin. Bring out the trike, shoot down his kitties, turn the tide, and get there. And he was kind of tilted, but yeah. uh, God bless him. You know, I mean, that's the chaos. He had that game. <laughs> he had game two one, and I just boosted up this insane bomb that stonewalled him. You know. So that was my sick boost. Um, my favorite card, though, was probably this. I'm looking at it right here. Uh, this Baleful Beholder. It was from the uh, D&D set. And it's a 6-5, but it had this ability when it ETBs called Anti-Magic Cone, which is destroy uh, opponent sacrifices an enchantment. And I used it twice against Mike Walker. One time he had to sack uh, Control Magic, and I got my guy Oh, back. my God. The that's so time, good. <laughs> the other time he had to sack, he had... I don't know why. It's he had, just great and black. He had it's one, a good right. feeling. <laughs> he, had, he had one animate dead in his deck, and he had animated, I think, one of my trikes. And so he had to sack the animate. Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because he would have, maybe he sacked it. No, I think it was a deep spawn. So anyways, that just went away. Yeah. You know, or maybe it was a tri trike and he just shot me in response, which is totally fine, whatever. But yeah, no, it was when I got rid of the control magic on the in the I think it was game two. Um, that was that one felt super powerful. Game one, he ended up decking me. We went to time, and I got decked because uh, he played like a turn two howling mine, and I'm like, hell yeah, dude, howling mine with bizarre, mm -hmm. and but uh, he ended up doing a big mind twist on me, and I dropped like two animates and a and a and a uh, all Hallows Eve off of this mind twist. And then he later, you know, balances regrowth balance. So like all of all six of my animate effects are in the bin, and I'm just. But it, it's late in the game, so I'm able to hard cast everything. But he's like, swords this, disenchant that, control magic this, clone that. So it's just like all this constant removal. We end up going to time, or excuse me, that was that was game two. We went to time, so we were, were running long. I end up getting decked. So when we play game two, we go to turns on that, and then we went to time, and then I got him on orb flips. <laughs> yes. The point of that ramble being, I thought the games were going to go fast, and I don't know why I thought that. But the like games, power levels higher, power levels a little yeah. bit higher. I don't know, but it ended up being the opposite, where we went to time basically every round because everybody's reading the cards as they're cracking the packs. Mm -hmm. So it's like we needed like an extra ten minutes per round. I think. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I definitely... I was more familiar with the cards that I was opening, so typically I would just go to, like, the uncommons and rares and see what I got, but yeah. um, I definitely had opponents who... I almost went to time with Dan. I think I was, like, two minutes shy of going to time because he would open a pack, and he knows nothing about these sets, and so he would read yeah. every card, think about them, assess what's the best one, and that, yeah, yeah that takes, like, five minutes to, yeah, to do exactly. that. <laughs> I worked with this guy who, um, when it came up that we both played Magic... Uh, but he was kind of like new and he played it casually and every once in a while he would like treat himself like I got myself a booster pack and I'd hmm. be like well that's neat you know I'm happy for you and just watching him open it and then he would like look at it so intensely and be like 
three colorless, like generic, like anything I can. Okay, two black mana. Got it. And, okay, so this is a zombie. So that comes in handy in zombie. Like explain. Like I mean, in his head, it's helping him. And I'm sitting there, just like it's like like I don't know. Like I'm just like yeah, like just this kid full of wonder, you know. But he's like an adult. But still, he's just like wow. Okay. And he even like reads the whole card really slowly, and he's like trying to think of how it works or what it could do. And then he gets to like the, the flavor text, and he's like hmm. That's clever. You know, like just very like, and, and it was like every card took him forever, and he would just like lay them out. And I'm, meanwhile, for me, I'm just so used to just like, like go right to the uncommons, mm -hmm. see yeah. the rare, be like, all right, like it's just so like, and I'm just seeing that in him. I was like, I miss that, like that yeah. wonder that I just don't care about the commons. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I tried. I ended up saving most of my boosters for like when I had a need. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, I'm gonna rip this pack, and I'm looking for X or Y. You know, I need an answer to this. Like there was a time where uh, I think it was Tim had bizarre, uh, not bizarre, uh, library. He, you know, it was game one against Tim. He had library, I think. And I'm like, shit, I gotta deal with this library somehow. I'm on the strip mine. Uh, crack a pack. You know, scrolling through. Oh shit! There's Dimash. It's a four drop, destroy land or artifact. Boom. So I didn't even look through everything else. You know, mm -hmm. I went back to it later. But usually I was looking for something specific. Yeah. Or it's like I've got X Y mana. I can cast. You know, I can cast a a blue or a red three drop. You know, it's like okay, what are my blue red options real quick at three drop right now? Or do I want to wait a turn make a land drop, make a four drop? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wasn't like doing the thing where I. You know, I did have some opponents that were kind of like going through everything and savoring them a little bit. And I mean, that's the point of the format. Oh, I mean, I'm glad to hear that, like, yeah, people, not that you were doing it wrong, but I'm glad to hear that at least people were, like, really weighing their options as yeah. opposed to just, like, almost, like, using it just, like, as a quick, like, all right, what colors am I in? What yeah. can I actually cast? What am I looking for? That, boom. Like, that seems practical, but at least people were, like, <laughs> yeah. really, like, okay, wait, like, beautiful minding it, like, all <laughs> yeah. the numbers, like, oh, uh, like... Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Nick, where it's like, yeah, I wish I could uh, sometimes get into that more wondrous state of mind where I'm just like, oh, I can't believe I'm opening up a pack. What's this <laughs> stuff do? You know, I'm just like, is it a three-drop? No, you know, I'm just looking around, immediately crunching the numbers and looking for EV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Immediately digging into my middle school mud deck to pull a bomb. Um... Yeah, the event was just totally sick. I don't, I don't know. I, it was a really, you know, when when it's, I feel like it's come so far so fast too. Like, you know, it, it was a, it was a, um, Sanders, I think was it pre-COVID even that he, he kind of like kicked out this idea of eternal chaos. You, there's no sideboard. You crack a pack, and we're like, oh, whatever. This is from the beautiful mind that brought us the four wheel of fortune deck. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> But then we, you know, I remember the first time I played it with him, it was at Mars. I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool, and, and it's kind of goofy, but it's like, you know, and then Shane added the four booster tutor element, and it really picked up. You know, that's when it was really became more tactical and enjoyable. And now it's just kind of like, you know, this, you know, then COVID happened, and we weren't meeting up that much. But then, like, this summer, you know, we just had a few meetups, and we were, we were kind of like bringing people into the fold, one or two guys at a time, you know. Um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, in the wake of this event, you know, the next time we'll have even more interest, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's, I feel like that for pickup games, that's how I want to play old school. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen in old school decks. You basically. can make new builds, but it's basically going to be the same cards winning, you know, game after game. With <laughs> Eternal Chaos, every time you play, you yeah. have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's a way to reward the interest and the, you know, for, for people that have interest in the old cards or have collected and held on to the old cards, 
you know, it's a way to kind of just spice that up, to shake it up, mm-hmm. you know, and engage with the new product in a way too. Because like I loved the uh, the Forgotten Realms set. You know, I've read tons of Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance as a kid. It's so for fun. me, there's a lot of just nostalgia in that. Even though it's a new set, there's a lot of nostalgia in it tying to the old novels. The whole venture into the dungeon, yeah, that's really cool. That. Yeah. Yeah, I, the one the one format I really want to push for because every time I learn a new format in Magic, I always try to learn it. I think it's a lot of fun. I would really like to try Block Constructed. I don't know if you guys have ever really looked at it, but it's so fun, at least from like a nostalgic point of view, because it's also really usually pretty cheap to brew. Like obviously there are some expensive cards, but things like Masticore that's such a staple if you were doing Blo- Urza's Block is like a lot cheaper than it used to be. Sure. Strangely, Cursed Scroll is still kind of expensive. Go figure. I think it's because I mean, of it's pre-modern a little bit. That would make sense. But I know it, it went down in price at one point, and I'd gotten a set of them, but then I, I just remember seeing offhand they went up. But the point is, though, like, there's some really cool, like, and it, it would probably end at what? Like, what was the end of it? The last block, at least, was like Oath of the Gatewatch and... Zendikar Rising or something technically but after that like they have this idea of doing like just a big set at a time so there aren't really like blocks anymore mm-hmm. but block constructively so the format being like you choose a block and you can only build from that block so it's all thematically it's all going to tie together yeah your deck though so everyone's deck is whatever block they chose and what's oh. funny is <laughs> yeah and, and now when you tell people about it usually I've always had people like immediately like Oh, then isn't like Affinity the best yeah, deck? And you'd think yeah. that. You'd think that. But at least in playing it, not necessarily. Especially if we do take into account there was because Block Constructed was once a format um, that was like supported by Wizards, so there is a ban list per block. True. And if you account for that, then really a Mirrodin block, like Tooth and Nail is hard to pull off. Um, Eternal Witness Shard is actually probably the best one, in my opinion. That's a fun deck. That is a really good deck. And it's a really good value deck. Because playing Affinity is near impossible at that point, like with any kind of value. Because um, it's all just banned into a blue Yeah, like most all skull the all the key pieces, like Skull Clamp is banned. So there was like a really cool Skull Clamp Elves deck at the time that's not playable because of Skull Clamp being banned. But. So they didn't restrict stuff, they just banned it. Yeah, back in like when there was like block constructed, because yeah. that was like a way to that's get a, a taste for the new cards before it was like a bigger pool of standard, just because at the time they would really want people to like see the themes like sure. played together and by all the cards they're like dude yeah. only these new cards that you have to crack packs for are Correct. legal yeah now i would also say that we because it's not like a fully endorsed format because like there isn't really there wasn't a block constructed there was a lot of not like a, a lot of cards didn't get banned for a while until like world wake pretty much and then even then the next one was like smuggler's copter so i mean if you really wanted to play one of those blo- although kaladesh wasn't a block never yeah mind. yeah kaladesh or it was, was yeah because it had ether revolt. ether revolts yeah. Um, so, I mean, there could be some kind of rule adjustment, like if a card was ever banned in uh, the standard it was in or something like that, just because otherwise there are some pretty lopsided plays. Yeah, but I, I think you just have to cut it for whenever Block Constructed was no longer played. You could do that, but I mean, at least it does it does extend into some future like blocks. Like I like giving the ability to go into like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I really like playing like uh, like... And obviously something get way more powerful because like cons and dragons of Tarkir are obviously very powerful if you play like um, what's it called like Siege Rhino that deck but still that deck is going to be like even though you have both the 
uh, you have the or you have just the one fetch rather or whatever fetches you want to run. It doesn't really have any duels. You know, you're still fetching basics. It had a lot of comes into play tap lands. The deck does move pretty slow. I don't. I personally just because like I collect the packs, like I was saying, like I like this format. I have built decks in every block anyway, just because it is like a piece of history. Like when I build those top decks, or if I remember what I was playing at the time. But I just love like just seeing it. Like I don't know, like that kind of yeah coherence or that co. Yeah. That reminds me of the World Championship decks. So yeah, you know, there's all the gold yeah. border decks, and I used to collect those. Um, and when I sold off all my other cards, that's all I would have left. And so when I would play with friends, I'd be like, "Hey, just pick a pick a gold border deck. I'll pick one that isn't too weak or too strong against it, and we'll play." Mm-hmm. So it's just like these World Championship decks, you know, going head to head. You get these weird matchups of like you know Wake versus Urza artifacts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And those usually got better because they would have standard. Uh, yeah, those were standard. Those were all. Standard. They would have standard, so they would always have some of those weird, like whatever uh, edition cards or like some weird flex of standard. But when you isolate them to blocks, usually those like top decks do take a bit of a hit, and in a way that they're still functional, yeah. but they're not as like uh, aggressively strong, you know, so to yeah, speak. Block is a slow format in general. Yeah, and and I, I've always enjoyed playing it too, just because like. You get to see. I mean, I remember I was playing with a buddy. His the deck that he built for it was um, like Lorwyn uh, through Eventide. He built like fairies, which is mm-hmm. gruesome. Like it's a very good deck, yeah. but I mean, it has its flaws. It hurts itself a lot. Like there's a lot of like how it like takes little damage here and there from its thought seizes and stuff. So I mean, against aggro, if you lay down some guys to just keep putting pressure on them, like. At most, they can, like, tempo you out with, like, Spell Stutter Sprites and stuff or, like, Bitter Blossom, but they're still losing life to Bitter Blossom, so... All these, like, powerful decks do still have these significant, like, disadvantages on their own. I don't know. It's it's also fun to be like, what block are you playing? You know, like, oh, you know, like, yeah. look at that. If you were to play Ice Age, would you use Alliances and then Cold Snap? So that's... I... You know, I was thinking about that How because there is no official rule on that, and I would like to... To also because what I did was I built for my Ice Age alliances one I just did Ice Age alliances I didn't add Cold Snap but technically that does slot right in that's what it was supposed to do mm-hmm. so um, but the deck that I built didn't need Cold Snap so then it was like that was kind of my excuse to be like that's fine because I built that that I played at like a like like the first time was it no it wasn't when we played ninety five it was like the first time that I was able to play old school or middle school. And I played the. Uh, I just brought that deck because that fit middle school because it didn't have cold snap in it, and it was a uh, the browse digger deck. Yeah, that's because cool. that deck's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a classic, and it's a strangely still powerful deck considering how old it is and not being like you know I don't know just a bunch of answers, right? You yeah, answers, answers, and then you just hit like a loop where you're yeah. just kind of like you can What's just the answer them. Common, then? I forget. So there's a couple ways you can go other than just decking them with like jester's cap True. which is fun <laughs> God. but if you got the time what a world but yeah the idea the idea is like so yeah you've got all the counter well you're you're gonna browse out your whole deck except for like absolute answers and then like your win con so if you just go down to absolute answers you can just counter whatever they play and you'll be fine um Keldron outpost is a finisher yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen some lists that did run like a one of of like Sarah Angel or like just some thing to stick down to keep attacking yeah. with while you control the board sure. um binding grasp was also in some which is just like gain control you know of like take their the, dude yeah and, with it. and just beat them down with that and then yeah um jester's cap if you're just that if you're that guy <laughs> yeah you got the time yeah 
I don't know. I always wanted to play something else, like in in '95. Like I want to play Jester's Cap, but I don't know how to. Or like Jester's Mask, where you like take their hand and give them a hand of the same cards from their deck. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Card. Give them a new hand yeah. of seven cards of your choice. Yeah, you yeah. just go through and then shuffle it all back and like right. give them lands. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Just give them like seven of the least useful cards done in that Wh- moment. Whatever is the most tilting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, I just it's <laughs> and then and then uh, cap away their threats. Yeah, exactly. You mask away their hand. Cap Put the mask on them, then cap them. <laughs> I do want to answer one question that um, or, or discuss one question. So Dom had asked us about our thoughts on the correct number of booster tutors. Oh, four. For our deck, four. I, I, yeah, four. I mean, that I, seems I played, to be the fun. I didn't play, but I played three, which felt fine. Four. I mean, I already played a sixty-three card deck, so I cut. <laughs> I cut from from you know a sixty-card deck. And I'm like, I'm I'm either adding three or four tutors, you know. Yeah. And because in my case, my deck, it was so hard for my opponents to interact with it anyway. The tutors were basically pure value mm. and, and answer seeking, so three felt fine. Yeah. If if you're talking about min maxing, I think you play four and then you like have this stable of packs that the you know that like this pack is more likely to have these cards and this pack is more likely to have these cards. <laughs> yeah. Like if you if you're just trying to win games, you play Yeah, because they're just I mean it's a tutor, it's a powerful effect, and then you play the the stats on what you're likely to find in different packs depending on the situation. Was the rule any pack, by the way? Because I feel like I saw something in Thread about like... It has like, to say booster on it. That's but if, because like, they were like those booster. like theme packs for oh, like yeah. particular colors, no, that's Shane fine. Shane was cracking those. Yeah. See, that's okay. I like that. Those, those were happening, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shane had one for each color from Strixhaven. Nice. Yeah. He I don't know what fully else. loaded. What are the... Are there any other weird exceptions that are like booster packs? Because there's like the set boosters, the draft boosters, and then the yeah you can do the like, theme boosters. Like what other kind of boosters? Are there? They're like collector boosters, and which are like oh, yeah. filled with rares and uncommons, and everything's foil. There's like oh yeah, there's like the double master VIP boosters that cost a hundred dollars a piece. I really wanted to bust out those mystery boosters at it, but yeah, mystery boosters time. are very good. Yeah, there was just one like. I don't know. Have you, get, like, have you guys seen much of the mystery booster cards, though? No. Some of them are real exciting. They're kind of like the widget okay. uh, cards. They're, they're, yeah, like, or, but you, or you haven't seen them. Like, they're like playtest cards that they just printed. Like, they're sure. not playable, but for like collecting or playing casually. Sure. Um, so they look corny or like bad drawings, but like that's kind of the charm. But I remember there was this one, because um, my buddy put some of them in his cube, and so I'd see him sometimes. And there's this one, I don't remember its name, but it's like at the beginning of the game, you can just announce, like, you can reveal it from your library and pay a life and just start the game with it in your graveyard. And it's, like, some kind of, like, zombie giant or whatever. You just reanimate it later? Yeah, it just basically, like, you something. lose a life, you're like, this is in my deck, and then you just put it in your graveyard. Gotcha. It's just stuff like that. It's, like, probably wouldn't fly in, like, standard, but right. it's, wank, like, wanky oh, cool. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, the transcantation. That one I love is, like, one in a red, and it's just, like, target... Instant or sorcery on the stack becomes lightning bolt. <laughs> and then you could like change targets. <laughs> All right. Well, to answer your question, Dom, uh, four. <laughs> four of a one mana instant super broken tutor is probably the right number to play. And I don't see any reason to like think about restricting it. I think four was awesome or <clears throat> letting it be unrestricted. It didn't seem like 
Well, it's, I mean, it's too inconsistent. Exactly. You know, like sometimes it's extremely powerful, or other times it's a dud. So yeah. the the thing is, like, if the, if you wanted to solve this format, you could solve it, and it would involve, yeah, by having like every single pack from every single set and selecting the right one for the right situation. But well, you still then, wouldn't you even solve it, yeah, because yeah, it's still fifteen sure. random cards. Be, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. in a strange way, like the the real equalizer. Because then if you like, let's say you do have it solved, and you're like, I have the best sixty card deck, and I'm ready to fight, and then someone's like. Booster tutor, oh look at this bomb, and they're like, I literally cannot answer <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Like, because there's such a neutering of like what what you can accomplish with old school versus like the power creep. Exactly. If you happen to get like, oh, I got a Baneslayer angel, and it's just like, <laughs> well, okay, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I but I but I guess my point is like you could do that, but I think the point generally is to have fun, to crack packs, and to create chaos. And mm. Absolutely. What would be your dream pull? So like, if money and packs are not Let's get a little bit wild here. What, what's your, like your dream pull from a pack? Mastercore. If I was ripping open Destiny, just thinking about it, that card, man, in like in old school. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome. first of all, you have an, a sealed pack of Urza's Destiny. Destiny, just laying around. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Are you saying like, yeah? yeah that no, one just comes to mind because it's an artifact. So I'm figuring like pretty much any any time. You know, I'm yeah, ready to roll. A with sick it. pull. Um, Oko, I think would be quite. Good. Ooh, Oko would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what were the I mean Gristlebrand I was gonna, I was thinking Gristlebrand or Emrakul, <laughs> right? Because couldn't you couldn't you reanimate no. or no no, you can't reanimate Emrakul. So not yeah. those some of the later like Eldrazi Titans yeah. could, but they, not they don't Emrakul. hit the bin, they get reshuffled. Yeah, instead. So yeah, Gristlebrand would be your huge bomb creature. Some kind of like untargetable thing that you could get out easily. Um I think there's like a seven nine flying shred, or it's like seven nine trample shroud. Are you talking about the new thing that just came out? Like no, okay. There's this one that is so obnoxious to even look at, but it's like five and two blue. It's like a seven eight. I want to say. Oh, he got with like that. Flash, you did get that. Yeah. Where it's like whenever you cast a spell, you can return a permanent yep. or a spell to he its owner. Like he he pulled that. You and can he just put it in his bin. Ugh. I did. Ugh. Yeah, I think so. I don't see it on my list. Which one was that? It was it, it was, was like Breacher or something. Yeah, or... it was the Breacher thing. You just like you just booster tutored. I mean, it didn't matter because you booster tutored it, you bizarred it, and then you all Hallows Eved with like tons of other shit. Oh yeah. So I just scooped, but you did have it. it was, oh, that, I I I forgot. Like I didn't put that dude. in the pile of stuff I drafted. I'll have to go back and see. Oh. Yeah, he he was just gnarly. Just like by the virtue of casting something. You can return a spell on the stack or a permanent owner's hand. So if they go to destroy it, you're just like, mm, no. Yeah, By casting this thing right. and then also doing that thing, and then yeah, in modern ugh. formats you're like, I'll cast opt and I'll return your spell. Yeah. And I'll, draw yeah, a card, right. I'll draw another opt and then I'll yeah, cast yeah. that. And... Uh, man, what are the other like? I mean, because there's so many interesting big dudes that you can cheat into play. Uh... Acroma comes to mind always. Acroma iridescent angel. No one has like protection from all colors. Yeah, there's some. I mean, it's I don't know. There's it's just it's not the best, but I just like that. I card. think Karn is actually up there. Karn's pretty sick because it turns off when all the boxes. Especially when your opponent lets you dig around. Yeah, yeah. Karn, Karn did like when you said it was, like that almost comes to mind. It's like that would be my ideal rip. Just <laughs> animate your guys. It has like the late game like turning. I guess feel yeah. like a JM day tome or like some kind uh, of sure cool artifact that was like a little bit bigger. But I mean, apparently, fell warstones get you there. Yeah. Hell yeah! And then you, and then you can do the one combo of like. So you open up a War of the Spark, you get Karn. You open up whatever Mirrodin set has uh, Mycosynth Lattice. <laughs> yes. Just completely lock them So up. the strategy <laughs> is luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, man. Talking about ideal pulls here. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. 
No, no, that's true. <laughs> um, I don't know. Any, any other parting thoughts on Christmas Chaos? Finishing thoughts? No? Is there, I mean, not to be like, because it's always like, when's the next thing? But I mean, is there, between now and like Lord's House, like anything been murmured about? Well, that's a terrific segue, Mr. Roar. I'm here for you. Because uh, we were talking about maybe doing uh, a middle school event in January. So um, there's no details on that yet, but I don't know. Maybe bringing back our middle school meetup. That'd be sick. Yeah, I, I missed middle that school a lot. quite a while. We were hitting that hard before COVID, and, mm-hmm. and we haven't done one since, have we? No, not a meetup. The last one that we did was actually right as COVID was hitting in like March of uh, 2020. There were, I think, 24 of us signed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that yeah. last time. Yeah, the one that, yeah, it ended up at like six people. Six or people, yeah. So, yeah, that that's something we're kicking around for January. Uh, so, keep your calendars open, I guess. Um, and then also, while we're on middle school, uh, Lauren, do you want to catch us up on Raja's uh, middle school league? Yeah, so there. this is the second middle school league that has been run sort of in modern times. So the way that this works is there's 10 players, there's three batches of three rounds, so you end up playing every single other player in the league. Each batch, you choose a new deck. Um, so then at the end, it cuts to top four. Uh, I ended up, so I played Rebels first batch, which is a shitty deck. Oh, is that red-white? Uh, so it was. I didn't expect that. I thought yeah. rebels would be good. Rebels is it, the, the the rebels are just shitty. That the the creatures themselves True. just aren't. Yeah, all the rebels good. suck absolutely. So, <laughs> Except for like the legend, Lin City, or whatever. Lin City, yeah. Lin then like City. every other rebel is like, I could take or leave. Right, <laughs> right. You're like, all right, I'll like get you know I have Lin City out. I can get a two mana rebel for two. It's it's such oh, a it's, it's such a statement of where Mercadian Mass was at that rebels just ran. Yeah, exactly. It's just like no no one's gonna try to even play. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it is a typically a white blue deck. Like you can do rebels still with mm-hmm. Force of Will. That wasn't great, so I tried to add black for Cabal Therapy, because mm-hmm. like I figure if Rebels are shitty, just pitch them to <laughs> Cabal Therapy. <laughs> That'll just, work. Just sacrifice them. <laughs> I went one and two with that. I played uh, this Esper Taxitog build, which uh, is very good, and it went 3-0. And then I played Mono Black, Zombie, uh, Suicide, Necro, Storm. Carnifage? Uh, car- uh, yeah, Carnifage. So yeah, so it plays cheap threats like Carnifage. Um, Natuko Shade and Skittering Scourge. It plays Necro. You draw a bunch of cards. You do things like um, Priest of Gicks, Cabal Therapy, Cabal Ritual to cast a bunch of spells and then you Tindrils them. If that doesn't kill them, it gains you a bunch of life and you get more cards with Necro. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Hmm. That went 1 2. So I was sitting at 5 and 4 and not expecting to get top 4, but there was a playoff between three of us. I won that. So then I got to top 4. <laughs> For the semifinals and the finals, it's a best of five matches, not not games, best of five matches. So you bring <laughs> three decks, you bring three different decks, you play, you decide the order of them in advance, you play deck one against their deck one, deck two against their deck two, deck three against their deck three. If that hasn't been decided in the best of five, like if somebody hasn't won all three, then you go to games, to matches four and five playing whatever deck you secretly choose against whatever deck they secretly choose. This is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all online. Yeah, it's it's all virtual. So you're just grinding online. Yeah, but the, but the dude, I mean, it's 10 people. It's not like a bunch yeah. of strangers. So sure. so you know I everybody. so I was paired with uh, Andrew Webb, who is a, a Stones guy, Romancing the Stones guy. Sure. Uh, who I really like playing against. He's a great player. He's a cool dude. 
And so um, our match one was my Necro Rock deck versus his Devourer combo deck, which either uses Alter of Dementia or Fling to kill the opponent. He got there in three. They were close matches. Uh, he actually had to... I had, like, Lethal on board, and he top deck, I think, the Fling to win the game mm. on the, in the three-game set. Match two was my Sly deck versus his <clears throat> Esper Taxitog. So we've kind of, like, uh, mm-hmm. talked with, these, with each other some. We've got slightly different builds. Sly ran him over. He couldn't get a chill or a Hydroblast to save his life. And so I just valued him out with Red Spells and Rashadenport. Um, I was really hoping that match three would go the way that it did, which was he brought Elves, which he has been undefeated in two different events. So he's six <coughs> zero coming into this with Elves, and I played Mono Blue Mud. So yeah, just blew like blew him out game one with like a turn two uh, Metalworker, Hell turn yeah. three Masticore to wipe his board, Hell and he yeah. scooped turn or game two was less interesting for me. I like well, I went like. Uh, Ancient Tomb, Grim Monolith, yeah. <laughs> Key, Thran Dynamo, Metalworker. Hell yeah. So like, I don't have anything in my hands. It, like, it's, uh, so oh, Metalworker doing no lot. Yeah, right. Metalworker <laughs> doing nothing. Turn two, I play a Propaganda, which is from a, from the sideboard. I'm like, all right, I need to draw a, a stroke. <laughs> draw a stroke off the top. Draw nine with Metalworker untapped. Fucking go to town, play out a ton of shit, including a Masticore. Wipe his board again. He's like, yeah, I'm done. Damn, so I'm feeling is... I'm feeling great about this, how, right? How does elves win in middle school? Like, what's its game strategy? Uh, Other than like play elves, but like, yeah, what's just, its building towards? Just play lots of elves. Place four Gaia's Cradle. It can just like run you over with. Um, there's like a morph that when it flips, it pumps all the elves. They can get that. Um, uh, the fuck is that? I don't think it's is it Fist of Croza. It's some green guy that can pump everybody, and you can also do this weird thing where you can like animate your opponent's lands and kill them with. Oh yeah, yeah, come all, yeah, come all, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's also so it's angry survival elf, so it plays okay. anger mountain survival, just value, just mm-hmm. value, but yeah, yeah. but it just wasn't. I can mess with that. It's yeah. a, it's a sweet deck, but like Masticor and lots of mana <laughs> is a real problem. Is a real problem. Like they're like playing that. Na- you know, yeah, you can naturalize the Masticore, but when I have fourteen mana, I can afford to regenerate it a couple times. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's basically so you got a dream game. Though. Oh yeah, I got I got dream matchups in two out of the three. Yeah. So then, uh, match four, I'm like, I don't know. He's probably gonna play his Devourer deck again because it's the only deck that he's won with. I want to play Sly because I like that deck. It's cool. I come in a hair's breadth of winning that match, despite it actually not being a great match. I end up casting a, a Sulfuric Vortex instead of tapping down his mana, because he's pretty close to being dead, and then he ends up comboing off. I mean, that deck is so consistent and resilient against uh, Disruption. It's mm. insane. Like, so that's all he needed, was just like for me to not tap his shit one turn. We go to match five... I'm on the play, and I'm like, he's going to play that same fucking deck again because it's the only deck that he's won, won matches with. So I play the Rock, get there game one with Disruption and Necro. Game two, he like combos out on turn two, turn three. Game three, or Matt, yeah, game three, I finally realized like I should have been brought, bringing in my energy, or my uh, Engineered Plagues because when that's out and you name Phyrexian, if the uh, Devourer isn't already out, they can't win. As soon as they play it, it dies to state base effects. Yeah. And, like, he's not playing boomerangs or anything. So I keep kind of a sketchy hand, and he goes off on turn three, and he wins the best of five matches. And this is all just the semifinals. 
This is all of the semifinals, yeah. So he's headed to the finals. Okay. I'm off the hook for uh, having to play any more matches <laughs> for the Christmas season. I'm like about to leave town, so that's probably a good thing. But and it's who, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty rad. <clears throat> Who's coordinating all of this? Raja. Oh man, what a saint! So he's keeping up not only all the pairings, but he's like collecting your lists and making sure that you're playing the you know he's you're going to play this list at this game. Or this match, excuse me. Yeah. Right. It's, versus I, this match. I think it's mostly like gentlemen's agreement oh, okay. thing. We had one snafu actually. So uh, in the playoffs to get to the top four, I was the top seed, so I only had to play the winner of the other two. Hmm. And the guy who played that match ended up playing this random like he was supposed to play the match the batch three deck. He played some random deck and beat the guy. <laughs> <laughs> And so when, when he came to play me, I was like, all right, well, I guess if we're playing whatever we want, we can play whatever we want. So I play Dreadnought. I play this, like, yeah. <laughs> this ultra uh, EV, like, grinder deck. And, like, he's he switched to Madness, so it didn't have much of a chance. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, for the most part, it's just, like, you know, gentleman's agreement. You submit the deck. You play the deck that you're supposed to. And, yeah. Do you want to give a – we're running a little bit long on time, but do you want to give a rundown on uh, your trip down to Austin? Yeah, sure. Just real quick. So uh, I got an, an invite to the Romancing the Stones Invitational in Austin because I won uh, a middle school event. Yeah. And so winners, they, they actually have a, they have this whole season that they do. So they had 12 winners from 12 different events. I guess they're doing one a month or something. So that's and, like Mortal Kombat or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, come to the big tournament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lorraine got a portal to the outworld. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they were going to, they were going to be nice enough to set up this laptop for me, but somebody else from out of town who also got the invite, he went, he flew, and I was like, well, if he's gonna fly, I should fly too. So I fly out there, three rounds of vintage, three rounds of middle school. I end up 3-3, not good enough to get top four, uh, but I've been playing with those guys for yeah. at least a year now. It feels like two, but it might have yeah. actually just be one, but they're, I was. it was really great to meet all of them, and they're, yeah. a, cool, they're a cool club. But, That's cool. Yeah. What, um... What was like the winning middle school? Day? I mean, the vintage stuff I don't really follow that much, very closely anymore, so I, I don't have a lot to say about it. But like, yeah, you can tell me anything for vintage and be like, okay, interesting. yeah, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like wow. on the middle school side, what did it end up winning? Um, so people brought. There were a bunch of standstill and necro based decks, mm -hmm. and so the two decks that went undefeated were uh, Sly, mm -hmm. just going under people. I almost, I was like, a, I was so close to playing Sly, but I ended up playing Dreadnought. And then I ran into standstill, so that's a really tough matchup. I yeah. ended up 2-1 there. Uh, so that was one undefeated deck. And then the other undefeated deck was Andrew's um, Elf deck. Gotcha. Just super aggro decks that can beat dirtily control decks. Yeah. Cool, man. And Anything else you guys want to talk about, or should we... Uh, For running long on time, I mean... Yeah. Pack it up, head them up, move out. Thanks for coming over to record there, Mr. Roar. Hey, thanks for having me. And Mr. Allman. Yeah, always. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the last one for the year, and, and uh, we'll pick it back up in 2022. Anything else? Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. This is PitCast signing off.
Like, it's not even like Vampiric Tuner wasn't even like that perceived. It's like, it's good. I mean, it, it'll cost you some life. So, is it worth it? You know, like, I don't Like, it's just so. It's funny to see how magic was played and to like read magic commentary. I read like, like in a duelist, like well, this really long article about like rampant growth, which is like deck, like about deck thinning, but like back then. Like, yeah. is it really. I mean, you get a land, but you're like wasting a turn casting rampant growth. Yeah. Just run into their land. I mean, back then, life wasn't viewed as a resource. True. You know, I mean, that kind of came on a little bit later. But it's like, who needs life? You're trying to just win the game. It doesn't matter if you have one. <laughs> you have 19 <laughs> resource point, life, resource life points to play with. You yeah. Know, you can use them wisely. What else was it? Was I mean, there is good stuff in Visions, but there wasn't like... For me, the old... Do you remember that old Inquest article about playing... The, it was a group game that the guys from the magazine played where their decks were every card ever printed, one of. So this is like through Mirage or Visions, or I forget. It was mm-hmm. like 97-ish, 96, 97 maybe. And they had these, you know, two-foot-tall decks of just one of everything. There's this just insane article. And the article's off the rails. They're like, oh, you know, Donnie, like, you know, hasn't moved in some hours. He's falling asleep. You know, there's just, it's a gag article. You yeah. Know? But there's also a game happening. And then uh, I remember specifically at one point a guy cast Agent of Fortune, which is like oh, tap, really shuffles there. Tap, tap Agent of, For- <laughs> of Fortune, target opponent shuffles their deck, and they had these enormous decks. <laughs> so when he cast that, everybody just beat the shit out of him. He was like dead. You know, they're like, boom! Another guy drops a big fireball. Another guy forks that big fireball, on him, and they just all pour it on him and annihilate. Him, you know. Uh, but the, yeah, the, the story was just filled with zany plays from that. And I remember finding, if you search for it, you can find that article online. I'm going to have to go back. Maybe I'll share it in the Discord or something. It's a lot of fun to read. It's a blast from the past. I am saying we should, we got to consider con- constructed, block constructed. It's so fun. Well, I can see why you want to play it. You have one of every deck already. Well, one yeah, of every deck. That, well, one for every block. <laughs> I, one for, I can loan a lot out. Is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. That's how all of these niche formats yep. go. There's one dude that's hyper. Like, well, there's two it. formats that I would push for. I think the other one is less viable because it's a little more expensive. But I did build for it. But uh, Vintage Artist Constructed. Have you seen that? 
There's actually a pretty big following of people who play it. Artist constructed. Vintage artist constructed. Is, yeah, the whole deck is the same artist. So it is limited to whoever's done basic lands. But there are actually some interesting like lists. Mine, yeah. the one I built, because it was like affordable, and then my goal was like, I don't know, like, because he did do the expensive card is Damnation. Uh, that Ron Spencer did like a promo Damnation. I want to get those. But he did a really good mono black list, like, because uh, Skittering Scourge is in it. Um, Knights of the Ebon Hand is in it. Um, That's going deep, dude. All Cabal the Therapy. It's interesting. No, there are some artists who have actually have a pretty like. They have good cards, and there's like, it's rare. You got to find it. You got to dig, but it is kind of fun. Therese Nielsen, man, you get swords and force of will. Mm -hmm. No, and with these new promo sets, yeah. And she did basics. She Mm -hmm. did unglued or one of those unsaid basics. Oh yeah, she totally. She did other than that too. I think. I think she had some in like uh, like Lorwyn. I think she had some lands. Yeah. But uh, I'm not saying to go that route. That that one is.